This is Everyday Light, a perfectly imperfect reading of the One Year Daily Bible. I'm Molly, a fellow pilgrim on the road to the kingdom, and it is a joy to have you traveling this journey with me, with the Word of God as a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. This is the one-year Bible reading for July 14th, and we are in 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 37, as we are starting. David arranged for Asaph and his fellow Levites to minister regularly before the Ark of the Lord's Covenant, doing whatever needed to be done each day. This group included Obed-Edom, son of Jethunan, Hosa, and 68 other Levites as gatekeepers. Meanwhile, David stationed Zadok the priest and his fellow priests at the tabernacle of the Lord on the hill of Gibeon, where they continued to minister before the Lord. They sacrificed the regular burnt offerings to the Lord each morning and evening on the altar set aside for that purpose, obeying everything written in the law of the Lord, which he had given to Israel. David also appointed Heman, Jeduthun, and the others chosen by name to give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love endures forever. They used their trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments to accompany the songs of praise to God. And the sons of Jethunan were appointed as gatekeepers. Then all the people returned to their homes, and David returned home to bless his family. Now when David was settled in his palace, he said to Nathan the prophet, Here I am, living in this beautiful cedar palace, but the ark of the Lord's covenant is out in a tent. Nathan replied, Go ahead with what you have in mind, for the Lord is with you. But that same night, God said to Nathan, Go and tell my servant David, this is what the Lord says. You are not the one to build me a temple to live in. I have never lived in a temple from the day I brought the Israelites out of Egypt until now. My home has always been a tent, moving from one place to another. And I never once complained to Israel's leaders, the shepherds of my people, I have never asked them, why haven't you built me a beautiful cedar temple? Now go and say to my servant David, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I chose you to lead my people Israel when you were just a shepherd boy, tending your sheep out in the pasture. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have destroyed all your enemies. Now I will make your name famous throughout the earth, and I have provided a permanent homeland for my people Israel a secure place where they will never be disturbed. It will be their own land where wicked nations trust them as they did in the past, from the time I appointed judges to rule my people, and I will subdue all your enemies. And now I declare that the Lord will build a house for you, a dynasty of kings. For when you die, I will raise up one of your sons, and I will make his kingdom strong. He is the one who will build a house, a temple for me, and I will establish his throne forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. I will not take my unfailing love from him, as I took it from Saul, who ruled before you. I will establish him over my dynasty and my kingdom for all time, and his throne will be secure forever. So Nathan went back to David and told him everything the Lord had said. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord and prayed. Who am I, O Lord God, and what is my family that you have brought me this far? And now, O God, in addition to everything else, you speak of giving me a lasting dynasty. 
You speak as though I were someone very great. O Lord God, what more can I say about the way you have honored me? You know what I am really like. For my sake, O Lord, and according to your will, you have done all these great things and have made them known. O Lord, there is no one like you. There is no other God. We have never even heard of another God like you. What other nation on earth is like Israel? What other nation, O God, have you redeemed from slavery to be your own people? You made a great name for yourself when you rescued your people from Egypt. You performed awesome miracles and drove out the nations that stood in their way. You chose Israel to be your people forever, and you, O Lord, have become their God. And now, O Lord, do as you have promised concerning me and my family. May it be a promise that will last forever. And may your name be established and honored forever, so that all the, the world will say, The Lord Almighty is God over Israel. And may the dynasty of your servant David be established in your presence. O oh my God, I have been bold enough to pray this prayer because you have revealed that you will build a house for me, an eternal dynasty. For you are God, O oh Lord, and you have promised these good things to me, your servant. And now it has pleased you to bless me and my family so that our dynasty will continue forever before you. For when you grant a blessing, O Lord, it is an eternal blessing. After this, David subdued and humbled the Philistines by conquering Gath and its surrounding towns. David also conquered the land of Moab, and the Moabites became David's subjects and brought him tribute money. Then David destroyed the forces of King Hadadezer of Zobath as far as Hamath. When Hadadezer marched out to strengthen his control along the Euphrates River, David captured 1,000 chariots, 7,000 charioteers, and 20,000 foot soldiers. Then he crippled all but 100 of the chariot horses. When Arameans from Damascus arrived to help, Hadadezer, uh, to help Hadadezer, David killed 22,000 of them. Then he placed several army garrisons in Damascus, the Aramean capital, and the Arameans became David's subjects and brought him tribute money. So the Lord gave David victory wherever he went. David brought the gold shields of Hadadezer's officers to Jerusalem, along with a large amount of bronze from Hadadezer's cities of Teba and Kun. Later, Solomon melted the bronze and used it for the temple. He molded it into the bronze sea, the pillars, and the various bronze utensils used at the temple. When King Toy of Hamath heard that David had destroyed the army of King Hadadezer of Zobah, he sent his son Joram to congratulate David on his success. Hadadezer and Toy had long been enemies, and there had been many wars between them. Joram presented David with many gifts of gold, silver, and bronze. King David dedicated all these gifts to the Lord, along with the silver and gold he had taken from the other nations he had subdued, Edom, Moab, Ammon, Philistia, and Amalek. Abishai, son of Zariah, destroyed 18,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt. He placed army garrisons throughout Edom, and all the Edomites became David's subjects. This was another example of how the Lord made David victorious wherever he went. David reigned over all Israel and was fair to everyone. Joab, son of Zariah, was commander over the army. Jehoshaphat, son of Elihud, was the royal historian. Zadok, son of Ahitub, 
and Ahimelech, son of Abiathar, were priests. Sariah was the court secretary. Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, was the captain of the king's bodyguard. David's sons served as the king's chief assistants. Turning to Paul's letter to the Romans, we are in chapter 2 this morning, verses 1 through 20. So again, we are in uh, Romans chapter 2, 1 through 24. You may be saying, what terrible people you have been talking about, but you are just as bad and you have no excuse. When you say they are wicked and should be punished, you are condemning yourself, for you do these very same things. And we know that God in his justice will punish anyone who does such things. Do you think that God will judge and condemn others for doing them and not judge you when you do them too? Don't you realize how kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Or don't you care? Can't you see how kind he has been in giving you time to turn from your sin? But no, you won't listen. So you are storing up terrible punishment for yourself because of your stubbornness in refusing to turn from your sin. For there is going to come a day of judgment when God, the just judge of all the world, will judge all people according to what they have done. He will give eternal life to those who persist in doing what is good seeking after the glory and honor and immortality that God offers. But he will pour out his anger and wrath on those who live for themselves, who refuse to obey the truth and practice evil deeds. There will be trouble and calamity for everyone who keeps on sinning, for the Jew first, but also for the Gentile. But there will be glory and honor and peace from God for all who do good, for the Jew first and also for the Gentile. For God does not show favoritism. God will punish the Gentiles when they sin, even though they never had God's written law. And he will punish the Jews when they sin, for they do have the law. For it is not merely knowing the law that brings God's approval. Those who obey the law will be declared right in God's sight. Even when Gentiles who do not have God's written law instinctively follow what the law says, they show that in their hearts they know right from wrong. They demonstrate that God's law is written within them for their own consciences either accuse them or tell them that they are doing what is right. The day will surely come when God, by Jesus Christ, will judge everyone's secret life. This is my message. If you are a Jew, you are relying on God's law for your special relationship with him. You boast that all is well between yourself and God. Yes, you know what he wants. You know right from wrong because you have been taught his law. You are convinced that you are a guide for the blind and a beacon light for people who are lost in darkness without God. You think you can instruct the ignorant and teach children the ways of God, for you are certain that in God's law you have complete knowledge and truth. Well then, if you teach others, why don't you teach yourself? You teach others not to steal, but do you steal? You say it is wrong to commit adultery, but do you do it? You condemn idolatry, but do you steal from pagan temples? You are so proud of knowing the law, but you dishonor God by breaking it. No wonder the scripture says, the world blasphemes the name of God because of you. Psalm 10, verses 16 through 18. The Lord is king forever and ever. Let those who worship other gods be swept from the land. Lord, you know the hopes of the helpless. Surely you will listen to their cries and comfort them. 
You will bring justice to the orphans and the oppressed so people can no longer terrify them. Proverbs 19, 8 and 9. To acquire wisdom is to love oneself. People who cherish understanding will prosper. A false witness will not go unpunished and a liar will be destroyed. And if that sounds familiar to you, it did to me too. So I looked back two days and Proverbs 19.5 says, A false witness will not go unpunished, nor will a liar escape. So that is repeated for us almost exactly in scripture. All right, I had all kinds of different ideas of what I wanted to share with you at the end of the reading today. And I finally settled on um, a selection from the message. And it is Philippians uh, chapter 3, verses 12 through 21. This is Paul to the church at Philippi. He writes, I am not saying that I have all this together, that I have it made, but I am well on my way, reaching out for Christ, who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal, where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off, I'm off and running, and I'm not turning back. So let's keep focused on that goal, those of us who want everything God has for us. If any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision. You'll see it yet. Now that we're on the right track, let's stay on it. Stick with me, friends. Keep track of those you see running this same course, headed for this same goal. There are many out there taking other paths, choosing other goals, and trying to get you to go along with them. I've warned you of them many times. Sadly, I'm having to do it again. All they want is Easy Street. They hate Christ's cross. But Easy Street is a dead-end street. Those who live there make their bellies their gods. Belches are their praise. All they can think of is their appetites. But there is far more to life for us we are citizens of high heaven. We're awaiting the arrival of the Savior, the Master, Jesus Christ, who will transform our earthly bodies into glorious ones like his own. He'll make us beautiful and whole with the same powerful skill by which he is putting everything as it should be, under and around him. My dear, dear friends, I love you so much. I do want the very best for you. You make me feel such joy, fill me with such pride. Don't waver. Stay on track. Steady in God. And that is my wish for you today. Stay on track. Steady in God. Love you all. Have a beautiful day.